Greetings, little one. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Bad witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! What makes you think she's a witch? Well, she turned me into a newt! A newt. What's thou like to live deliciously? Got better. Dost thou comprehend? Welcome to Real Magic, the podcast at the crossroads of real witchcraft and Hollywood magic, where paganism and the supernatural meet their reflections in movies and television, and where we talk about what real magical or life lessons we can learn from fictional witches from 100 years of moving pictures. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. Hi there, witches and weirdos. This is Jessica, and we are back for another episode here on Real Magic. And friends, fall is in the air. The pumpkin spice is flowing, the leaves are changing, and it is time for spooky season. And in my house, that means turning on all the seasonal movies. And one of the first ones we always turn on is The Addams Family and then Addams Family Values. Uh, These movies, released in 1991 and 1993 respectively and directed by Barry Sonnefeld, aren't explicitly about magic or witchcraft, except they totally are in terms of just the vibe and the aesthetic and how much they shaped us, at least my generation growing up, and our ideas about fitting in and magic and aesthetics and just spookiness and everything. They're so important and transformational. They're great. And so to talk about it and Morticia Adams, who is just goals in all ways, we had to bring on the soccer mom Morticia herself, Kanani from That Witch Life podcast, which is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite podcasts. I'm so happy to have her. And we had a blast with this conversation. So please enjoy. And I hope this episode helps you get in the spooky season spirit because it definitely helped me. Wednesday is an excellent student, but frankly, I'm concerned. You see, this is our class bulletin board. This month, our theme is our heroes, people we love and admire. You see, Susan Ringo has chosen the president. Isn't that sweet? And Harmony Fell has picked Jane Pauley. Have you spoken to her parents? But Wednesday brought in this picture. Calpurnia Adams. Wednesday's great aunt Calpurnia. She was burned as a witch in 1706. They say she danced naked in the town square and enslaved a minister. Really? Oh, yes. Don't worry. We've told Wednesday. College first. Well, welcome, Kanani, to the Real Magic Podcast. I've now had your, I've got two out of three of nice. that witch life. Well, now you've got the best of the three, so (laughs) you're good. You're solid now. Well, I'm so excited for you to come on. Um, I always like to ask people when they first come on, like, what was your movie as a kid that made you like pretend to, you know, want to be a witch or realize you were a witch? Because like for me, it was Sleeping Beauty. I tried to be Maleficent, and I think we all have those like gateway drug movies that kind of awaken something magical in us. That's a great. That is a great question. I don't know. I'm trying to think of when I was a child. I just always loved all of the movies that had like ghosts in them. Mm -hmm. Because for me, that was kind of, it was less about with how I was raised. And my grandfather used to tell me uh, stories about spirits. 
and and ghosts and angels and things like that so that whole like other aspect of spirituality of like there's this your spirit is on the other side kind of thing was something that I always believed and and didn't really ever question so I loved anything that involved ghosts nice so it wasn't even about magic for me it was about ghosts and so I used to read like R.L. Stein and like goosebumps oh yeah and all those books like I loved anything any storyline and so that's why the Halloween episodes on TV or movies were always my favorites because they would always talk about you know they would have some ghost encounter things like that and those were always my favorites um growing up I think I think for me, that was more it. I was more like, I was going to be a ghost hunter someday. Like I was going to talk to ghosts and I was going to be able to find ghosts. And so I think for me, it was more, more that kind of anything involved in the ghost genre. I was, I was just all about, and I loved, um, you know, I also loved, uh, I, I think movies like, you know, the craft and things kind of got me started more of thinking in in witchy terms more Mm -hmm. so than just you know like I said believing in an afterlife believing in spirits believing in ghosts otherworldly beings um yeah I would I would have to say yeah for me it was more the kind of ghost angle as opposed to the the whole magic making things making things happen angle um I remember the first spell I ever did was when I was a I must've been a junior in high school and I had a, my boyfriend and I, my first serious, real serious boyfriend and I broken up and I was so broken hearted and I would just do anything to make the pain go away. And Courtney, uh, to had me, she kind of gave me this little bathtub spell where I took a, I bought a rose quartz and I put bath salts and lavender in the bath. And I had my rose quartz and I did a little like broken heart spell. And that was the first spell I ever did. Um, And so that for me is kind of when suddenly my, my belief in there's more out there and there's, there's this whole other side that we can connect with kind of shifting into um, my desire to kind of shift into that and manifest things and realize that I could maybe shift energies, change energies. And so then I kind of got more into the, into the whole, you know, wanting to get into the magic side. And then you see yeah. these like practical magic, which is so romantic. So romantic. And has ghosts, there's a ghost in there. Like, oh yeah. It's very oh, ghost driven. He's, he's creepy. badass. I just watched that movie recently, actually, oh, yeah. because this you know, weekend it was like it. the annual practical magic watch for us. Like, it, oh, it's yeah. rainy. I'm going to turn practical magic and drink some. Exactly. Pumpkin exactly. spice latte. Actually, a funny story is I was watching it. I was about halfway through and my husband came home and he's like, what is this? I was like, excuse did, me. Did, did, I mean, did you have to divorce him right there? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know what this is. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with it. that right now. I know that's what I said. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this right now. So you need to leave the room because you can't start in the middle. And all I can tell you is sometime in the near future, you and I are going to sit down and watch this movie. And, um, and so, yeah, that's, that's happening. So there'll be another watch here coming very yeah. soon where he's going to sit down and, and, and watch this with me. Cause that's, I absolutely love that movie. See, my wife and I always watch it together because I, I just love the movie and she has like giant crushes on Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. 
Oh, and absolutely. So, like she, she likes the tall redheads. It works out for me. And so, but she, yeah, she's always, she's, she'll always be up for watching that one, like Hocus Pocus or some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. She's like, eh, she hates Nightmare Before Christmas, <laughs> but Practical Magic, she's there for. So, well, and it's funny too, because my, my husband, he was just, he's never seen it. And so he's walking through and he's like, he's like, Sandra Bullock can't be a witch. That's, that's not. And I, I was like, okay, first what? of all, first of all, you've never seen this. You have no idea. I'm like, she plays the shit out of this and you just need to walk out of the room. Walk out of the room. You can't start it in the middle. We're going to have to deal with this later. I can't with you right now. And so, yeah, no, she's, I, I, that is one of my movies that, and like, um, oh, I can't think of what it's called. The Christmas movie. That oh, I Nightmare, Nightmare no, Before Christmas. Oh, no, okay. it's not spooky. It's the British one. Oh, Christmas Carol. That's only, no, oh, actually oh, love actually. Yeah. It's, sounds- it's up there with me with like, yeah, it's going to happen every season. It's going to happen multiple times every season. And you know what? It's going to happen when it's not even in season as well. So everyone just has to deal with this. Yeah. My, my wife also loves love actually, but she has, she doesn't remember movies at all. So we can watch like, I'll, you know, can quote the movie front to back, but every year we watch love actually. And every year she kind of leans over. And I'm like, it's Alan Rickman. It's professor Snape. <laughs> she You're always like, asks the same question every year. Like, how do I recognize him? Like that guy it's Davy Jones. <laughs> That's Emma that's, Thompson. She was in everything else. That's hilarious. My, my husband's thing that he always does is when we watch movies, um, like the movie with, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, catch me if you can. Oh, it's a great one. Every damn time he watches one of those movies, he's like, you know, this is based on a real story. I'm like, you know what? I didn't know that the first time you told me, but the hundred times you've told me that since that it's been on TV, I actually know that now. Every time he sees a movie that we've seen a hundred times and it's based on, he has to remind me, you know, this is based on your story, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I know. I would say that that's Leo's best performance or my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio performance of all it's, time. It's a phenomenal movie. He's like, cause he tries to be so serious in so many movies. Like he kind of is playing against his innate youthfulness and this yes. movie actually like he actually gets to be fun and funny which he always seems to be fighting against so that's why i love to catch me if you can but today no, we're talking about i'm talking with you know your twitter and instagram handle is soccer mom morticia it so is. there was no movie i could talk with you about except for the adams family and adams family values and also just the adams family in general yes because i love i love 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 love, love the adams family yes yeah, so what is it you love about the Adams family? Let's just, just dig in. Like, Cause it's just, it's great. It's such I a great, both everything of them are so great. About the Adams family. I think, I mean, one, I think is as someone who's into, you know, witchy things and all things Halloween, first of all, just the aesthetic, yeah, right? It's the aesthetic. Just like, you just want to live in their house. Like that's yeah. just a given. You just want to live there. Um, you want to, you know, have a gate that eats people's jackets. Like that's just something that mm-hmm. needs to happen. I want thing, a graveyard in your, in your yard. Right. Yeah. Like everyone should have one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other, I think the other thing that I find so endearing and part of it has to do with just my very sassy, sarcastic nature is I love that the siblings are constantly trying to kill each other. Like literally, literally. <laughs> And they love each other. Like, this is a super tight-knit family. Like, just because I want you to die doesn't mean that I I don't love you. Yeah, that's the thing that I love about these movies is it's a very 
functional when you look at a very loving functional family like more gomez and marticia are like couples goals they are absolutely they they vary they don't ever like fight they're madly That's also in love with each I other think, and i was thinking like, about so that i know and i was thinking about that when we you know we i knew we were going to talk about these movies was that's one of the things that kind of makes me sad in general is that I think that kind of plays into their creepy tabooness. Yeah, that they like is each the other. Fact that, yeah, the fact that they are passionately, madly in love and they can't stop sticking their tongues down each other's throats and, and just, you know, grabbing each other and holding each other. And I, I mean, I love that, but it kind of makes me sad that that's almost... You know, they they went that angle because it's like to be that way is taboo. To be that way is different and weird. Yeah. And when, you know, I would love for everyone to be that way. But because like, you know, that is family started as a sitcom in the 60s. Right. Um, I think it's premiered in like 64. As it ran from like 64 to 66. And even though it was sort of on the beginning of like sitcoms, like it was such a trope in sitcoms, like forever. It still is that like, it's the husband and wife that hate each other that like are always, you know, always fighting or this is the husband and it's old ball and chain who won't let him do anything. And they just hate each other competing against each other. They're always trying to one up each other or like bewitched where the husband's like trying to tell the wife how to be and not be magical and don't be more powerful than me because I'm insecure in my masculinity. Blah. (laughs) Yep. And so, like, in both the Avs family and also in, like, the Munsters, which was very much in the same, yes, like, vein. I don't know which, I actually don't know which came for. I mean, Adam's family, the cartoons and ideas came first, so I guess the Munsters sort of ripped them off. But, like, they're very loving families, and that's sort of the joke is that they're creepy and kooky and ooky, but they're yeah. just, like, a loving family who just happens to, like, be into murder right it's like it's very kind of we i love have that. dead things around you know i love the, about the sh- these both these movies um and I, I think the show is like this too that there's never any explanation as to like who these people are or like why they have a hand that just walks around and what they are they're just weird people who have always been weird and that's sort of what they do as a family <laughs> And like, they don't try and do any, like the world building is just showing a note, but there's no like deep origin story for the Adams family ever. Sorry. I'm trying to find the exact, I'm trying to find the exact quote because I love it so much. And it was the one in, uh, it's the one in Adams family values. Okay. (laughs) It's the part where Morticia says you've gone too far. You've married Fester. You've destroyed his spirit. You've taken that. You have taken him from us. All that I can forgive. But Debbie, pastels. Pastels. You have placed Fester under some strange sexual spell. I respect that. But please, may we see him? Don't even think about it. You have gone too far. You have married Fester. You have destroyed his spirit. You have taken him from us. All that I could forgive. What? Pastels? Get out of my house! Hit the road! And if you ever show your faces around here again, I'll have you locked up for trying to visit. Right, Fessy? Right! It's just like, that's, you know, 
trying to kill him and tearing him away from his family. Like, I get it. No big. But your house in pastels, how dare you? Yeah, I love that the thing that's the horror for the Adamses in Adam's family values is like normalcy and conformity and yes. blondness. And like Debbie could have fit in great if she oh, just 100%. sort of like didn't want to, you know, live in, you know, better homes and gardens and be blonde and, you know, be Malibu Barbie. If she just sort of, she could have fit in great in that family. They were, oh, to, 100%. They were fine with the murder. Exactly. Yeah. No, they would have let her, she could have been the town serial killer and they would have been just hundred percent down for that. No, I think, um, I think that's the good way to put it is, is they're really the main thing that they're just kind of anti is conformity. Yeah. You know, they love, they, they embrace the different and the weird and the odd and the crazy. Yeah. There's so much about them that they, that my dog is, of course, the UPS man is, is within two blocks of our house. The dog is going they just want to be themselves and they, and there's something very queer about the Adams family. I think that like, that's Morticia is almost like drag in her look in her fabulousness. Oh, sure. um, and it's just so affirming. And I think especially like in the sixties, when it first came out, both the Adams family and the Munsters and even Bewitched to a certain extent were very much kind of tapping into showing like counterculture and subversive things in a way that could be on television that was metaphorical and yeah. subtle. And, you know, the monsters were kind of an allegory about integrating neighborhoods. They couldn't yeah. actually show that on television. So they had to be monsters, but they had a lot of big messages there. And then it comes back in the nineties and coming out of like the Reagan era into a bit more progressive eras, kind of in the 90s, it was a perfect time for them to like revisit the Adams family. And then Adams family values really takes it up a notch. Yeah. I think the sequel is actually probably better than the first one. I you like, know, it's one of those rare disagree. sequels that is really like surpasses the original. I, I don't disagree with that. I I love them both. Yeah, they're both great. But there's definitely things. I don't know. They're just storylines, I guess, with the yeah. second one that I just really, really love. Mm-hmm. And I love the, um, I think it's just, I, I like the conflict with, with Debbie and the family and, mm-hmm. and the kids and, um, and just all the actors they had in the, in oh those my God. as well, were just fucking phenomenal. Uh, I, mean, I, I wouldn't replace them. I can't think of yeah. like, Oh, it, this, this character would have been so much better if it was played by this person. It's like, no, they were, they were perfectly cast. Everyone was so perfect. I mean, speaking about assembly values, like career high performance from Joan Cusack, just oh, absolutely. hits it out of the park. So good. So absolutely. great. And then and you have like the rest, I mean, Christopher Lloyd, I feel like Christopher Lloyd this is, a tangent, is one of those actors, I guess, because he played like old and a slightly younger version of himself in Back to the Future. Like he's always mm-hmm. been 60 years old. Yeah. For 40 years. And he's always been old. Yep. Um, but he's so great. And Christina oh, Ricci. Was, and then yeah, Raul Christina Julia. Ricci. I just as she actually came to Rose City Comic Con. Oh, I had no interest year. in going. Yes. I had no interest in going. Then I saw she was there because mostly I didn't want to go because only because of COVID. But then I yeah. saw she was there and there was a part of me that was like, is it worth getting COVID to see Christina Ricci? It might be worth getting COVID. I'm not really sure. I was just like, I seriously had to like 
contemplate mm-hmm. because she, I mean, I've loved lots of stuff she's done, but for me, she was just, it, it was perfect. And, and she was in Casper. I always loved yeah. Casper. And um, Christina Ricci and Winona Ryder were like the goth yes. girl icons of the nineties. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like they 100%. were so, and they, they, I mean, they both ended up working with Tim Burton. Christina Ricci was in Sleepy Hollow, which is another one of my favorite mm-hmm. autumn movies. Um, yeah. And I like in Adam's Family Values, she also has that kind of love interest, mm-hmm. you know, just as who a, she as may a or may not girl. murder. She has her first little, right. She has her <laughs> first little crush. And I love how, um, you know, suddenly you kind of see her as the next Morticia, you know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of realize that she's going to, you know, be just like her mother and she's probably going to have some man that just, you know, adores her. over her and just adores her and, and lets her be her, you know, crazy wild self. And yeah, I'm, that's one of my, I think, favorite parts about Adam's family is the closeness of the family the fact that everyone is literally just who they are and that's what you're loved for. You're loved for being that person. There's no, you know, you should be more like this. You know, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. And it's like we said, the aesthetics coming in at the early nineties, like, I mean, I think we're about the same age. I was class of 2002 just for high school. 40, so All right, yeah. I'm, I'm so, I'll be 38 older. in December okay my birthday great (laughs) so like I think for us like as like teens or preteens in the early 90s like there wasn't like all the fantasy movies of the 80s were fantastic and they were constantly on cable but they had all like failed to the box office so there wasn't a lot of fantasy movies like in theaters right and so like for us as kids in that era we got our like sort of magical fix from like these sort of light horror for children like family yeah. horror movies is what yep. <laughs> you can describe the Adams family. Yeah. It's like, it's a comedy, but it's also just sort of that weird, creepy aesthetic. And I think so many of us like proto goths or young witchlings, like finding our magic was like, yes, I don't know what it is about this show or this movie, but I want more of it. I want to live in their house. And I just want to be a member of the Adams family. Yes, absolutely. And I think also, you know, part of it was for, for people who were kind of like, I was just someone who, you know, I, I didn't want to look, the idea of looking like everyone else was never appealing to me. Yeah. Never. The fact that I would look around in school and every girl had the exact same color, blonde hair cut exactly the same way. Uh, you know, hair straightened the exact same way, the exact same length, like, and if you looked at them from behind, they all looked exactly the same. I, it, it made me like not straighten my hair. It made me make sure my hair was always curly. I, you know, would do dark red with my hair or I would dye my hair black. I always had dark. It's just, there was something I never wanted to look the same. And I think that was something that with a lot of those movies, that a big premise of those movies was embrace your differences. It's okay to be different. And so I think for a lot of those people that that was the way that we innately felt those movies were just like a calling to us, just kind of, you know, keep doing you keep being you. You don't have to look like everyone else. Yeah. I think that's why people resonated so much with the first movie. Cause like, 
they just like everyone took that to heart and they really doubled down on it in the second movie. They make it a bit more explicit that it's about not conforming to like the blonde, everyone looks alike. Cause literally like you have um, her, you know, her rival and camp is blonde and all her blonde friends. And then they make all the non-blonde students, the Indians. <laughs> yeah. The Thanksgiving pageant is one of the greatest scenes oh, in cinema man. history. It's fantastic. So yeah, no, I, um, I, I just, I, yeah, I think that's one of those things that just kind of spoke to people, just the whole, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you don't have to be the same. It's okay to not be the same. And in fact, you can embrace the fact that you're not the same and lean into it and just be more that way. Yeah. I think that that's very much kind of, I think there's a lot of movies kind of in that vein that we kind of luckily got to grow up with. Mm-hmm. in the 90s and also I think um I've always and I think a lot of you know people of your listeners and whatnot are probably the same I've always loved dark humor yeah I love dry I love my favorite comedians are the ones with a really dry humor like they cut a joke and they don't even smirk like they just you're laughing hysterically and then you're still stone-faced like I love a dry sense of humor I love, you know, people who use, you know, make sarcastic comments or irony or, or, or whatnot. And um, that's kind of that dry, dark sense of humor kind of permeated a lot of these, these movies. Yeah. Cause like Adam's family has such an interesting history. Cause it started as these cartoons that were very much like that dark sense of humor. And then it became a TV show, which had a pretty dark sensibility for like the 1960s and then you know this dark kind of sly subversive movie and yeah it really shaped us I think as a generation especially like I think there's a direct pipeline of like wanted to be Wednesday or Morticia and then a few years later you saw the craft and you tried to start a coven with your friends at school like that was probably pretty common (laughs) media pathway for all of us 100 i totally think that was i totally think that that was a thing and i think that i think the when the craft came I, you know part of part of i think the the draw for that was i think it was showing people who didn't look all that dissimilar from ourselves Mm-hmm. And it made it seem like something, um, you know, that's not, I don't know. I think when you're young, you kind of think of witchcraft as something for like old crones, yeah. right? You kind of imagine it being for, for much older women. You don't yeah. necessarily realize like, oh no, like oh. young people, you know, practice and do spells and yeah. do all these things. And you're like, oh, this sounds fun, you know, and it kind of piqued people's interests and and um yeah I think there were just a lot of movies like that that kind of were were a gateway for a yeah. lot of young little witchlets and another one you know speaking of Winona Ryder for me was Beetlejuice yeah like just Tim Burton in general like yes even well, though and the new Wednesday yeah we can talk about show that. that's coming on Netflix I'm that's so Tim excited Burton. about this yeah yeah we, Tim Burton, when he was approached to do this Adams Family movie, you know, back when it was being developed, but he had just done Beetlejuice and he was doing all sorts of other stuff. 
I think he was doing Batman or um, Batman Returns at the same time. And so he didn't, he didn't have time, even though he really liked it. And his, in his own aesthetic and art had been influenced by the original Adams family, like comics. And now finally, you know, 30 years later, he is now producing this Wednesday show on Netflix with a really cool cast. Jenna Ortega, who was like fantastic on uh, season two of you. I don't know if you've watched you. I, great. I didn't, but Lots she's murder. actually, she's in uh, the one that's going to be uh, the, the one that's going to be Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's been in tons of stuff that my kids love. She was yeah. huge on the Disney Channel circuit. Yeah, she was in that little Yes Day movie with Jennifer yes, Garner. Yes, that. So, which, of course, my child's like, Mom, can we have one of those? I'm like, well, you have to listen to me first. To I know, my kids keep asking about, when are we going to have a Yes Day? And I'm like, I'm tired, leave me alone. When, when you earn it. Yeah. Um, but and then we have like Luis Guzman and then Catherine Zeta-Jones is our new Morticia. Like, oh my God, how perfect is this casting? So perfect. So perfect. I'm so, so excited perfect. for that. Um, gosh, she, she might, I, she's probably a witch or a goddess of some kind because she has not aged at all oh since like goodness. her 90s heyday with like Zorro and when she kind of bursts onto the scene, she's just still oh, yeah, so she beautiful. She looks exactly fiber. the same. I mean, being a millionaire, probably. I was going to say, it lot. helps to have all that money. because Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I'm really excited about that series, even though it's like they're, do- they're going in a new direction. But, um, but you know, it's a lot of people involved. I'm like, okay, let's try something new. Now, have you seen the new animated Adams Family movies? Because I'll admit I haven't. I have not. Um, I, st- I was going to watch it with my kiddos. And I'm, I'm sure we still will. Actually, I think they tried to watch it and, mm-hmm. and they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they love Adam's family and Adam's family mm-hmm. values. So they love the shows. They've seen those before and will watch them a hundred times. I think that my daughter said that they had started to watch it and, and didn't really get into it. So I haven't actually watched that yet. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, there's just something as far as like which shows one of my uh I don't know if your daughter watches it but my kids love the owl house I am obsessed I think I'm more obsessed with it than my daughter is but I keep it like can we watch more owl house she's like no mom I want to watch descendants again I'm like fine but yeah, I want to watch the owl house because I love the owl house like yeah we for love, listeners it's on like a the, really fun one it's now on a lot of it's on Disney plus now so I'm that's such a weird and wonderful show and I love it yeah no, it's, it's great. I also like, um, well, it's funny because my son in particular really loves that, really loves that show. And we were doing something and my daughter, I think it was my daughter that said something about mommy being a witch. And my son looks at me and he's just like, you're not a witch. <laughs> Excuse me. What are you talking about? And he goes, mom, you do not have staff with an owl on it that does magic. So if you don't have a staff with you and I'm just like, okay, seriously, I, you can't hold me to that standard. Like that's just not fair. Cause if I could have a staff with an owl on it, that did magic, you can bet your ass I'd have one. Oh yeah. I mean, like, but I just can, haven't found one. Do we have, do they have those at Michael's yet? Right. Have all, I mean, that's where I get a lot of my witchy supplies. <laughs> yeah. I'm down, but I'm um, like, that's not fair. Don't hold me to that standard. I, I remember having that conversation with my daughter, like I think about two years ago and 
she was, you know, saying, you know, but something about magic is real. And, oh, she's saying, oh, I'm afraid, you know, witches or something. I'm like, well, you know, mama's a witch. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I do magic. I can teach you to, you can be a witch too. And she's like, what? And she's from four or five at the time. And just being able to raise her, like for kids, because they already innately believe in magic. And mm-hmm. there's so much kids, you know, media with magic and fairies and that sort of thing. And to be able to say like, yeah, it's totally real yeah, let's go do, let's go put some stuff on the altar for Bridget or Persephone. And to have that connection with her, it's something special between us. It's like one of my favorite parts of being a pagan parent. Yes. Yeah. My daughter very much enjoys a lot of the stuff, but she still has a fear of ghosts. And I think a big part of that is, um, I think she used to see a lot when she was younger. Mm-hmm. So for her it is not a question as to whether or not there are ghosts oh yeah and so she's just not down for seeing them she's just like no I'm just good and so I can talk about really anything magic with her but if it if I start to talk about spirits or things like that that's where she kind of like starts to tap out and she's like um nope nope can't do that sorry and um so she, that's when she gets really nervous but it's fun to it, it's fun to be able to get them to kind of see something different, see something and believe in something bigger than themselves that they are also a part of. Yeah. And to help them kind of, I think, feel, um, to me, being part of, of, and practicing magic, a big part of that is about tapping into spirit and energy And tapping into spirit and energy is like tapping into parts of, you know, it's all in our community. So to Mm -hmm. me, it kind of, it, it, it lends itself beautifully to teaching a lesson and a story about how to be a member of a community and how to care about other people and how to, you know, think about how your actions, you know, are going to then impact other people. I think it, it, it has such a natural bridge from from working with with spirit and this all-encompassing you know energy all around us to an understanding of being a part of of a small part of a much larger structure yeah and I love how for so many kids like saying like you can say that but it's like if you show them a movie that depicts that like that's how you get through to a kid that's why like media I think is so like interrogating media is so important. Like I can talk about the elements and being responsible for the sins of the past, but my daughter probably won't understand that, but I can show her frozen too. And yep. she'll understand it. She'll yep. Like, and oh, also, okay. like I remember my children were in immersion school and they were learning about Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you kind of get it right. It kind of, but then all of a sudden Coco came out. Yeah. Bam. They got it. Understood it. All of a sudden, all the, you know, the, the, the paper streamers Mm -hmm. that they had seen and the symbols and the candles and the um, mums and things like that. All of a sudden, all these things that they had kind of been trying to be taught all of a sudden, all of it just clicked and it all made sense because you're watching it in a movie. Yeah, like for like for our family, like we do an ancestor altar at Samhain and to have a movie like Coco that just sort of explains why we do this at this time of year and what it's about. Like it's been become a really important tradition in our family. Like my daughter, 
like last year, the year before we're getting ready for Halloween. She's like, oh, I bet our ancestors are packing their bags in the land of the dead to come visit us. I'm, I'm so excited for them to come visit. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's and right. So, my, my kid's reaction was different. My like, kid's reaction there was, are ghosts coming to dinner. Right. Exactly. <laughs> was, you know, they always knew that and I'd always explained to them, you know, we always have a plate of food and we always put out our offerings and we, we do all these things and we light candles and they're always just kind of like, okay, all right. So and then all of a sudden they watch Coco and all of a sudden they watch me do it. And they're like, wait a minute, we, we get with this. Are, are things going to come in our house? Like what, <laughs> what, wait a minute. Now we know what this may like, um, do, are we going to sleep with you tonight? Like it was all of a sudden it became very real. And they, they finally had this visual understanding of, yeah. of what was happening. And, um, I, that was one of my favorites probably things that they've ever saw that I felt like just turned on so many light bulbs yeah. of understanding of things we'd always done and they kind of got it but then afterwards they just they completely understood yeah yeah well I'll get back to Adam's family but yeah Coco is like not just my favorite like animated or kids movies but I think it probably is in like my top five favorite movies ever just, oh, 100%. it's so great so great but like but kind of going back to Adam's family and talking about like raising kids who feel included and like they're not that they're welcome for being kind of weird or different because your whole family is kind of weird and different like that's sort of how you want a parent like Morticia has like my favorite scene in the first Adams family is when Morticia you know goes and Gomez are at the school play and the teacher pulls Morticia aside it's like so Wednesday brought in a, a picture of Calpurnia Adams her great aunt she's like oh yes she was burned alive for seducing a minister I have told Wednesday college first. Exactly. I love and that. Line. Like, college you know, first. Wednesday wants to be, you know, like her mother and major in hexes and spells and seduce men, but, and her mother's supportive of that. And it's like, yeah, that's, but you, you know, do what you want to do and we love you. And that's your family legacy. And it's beautiful. And have fun trying to kill your brother. Yeah. Here, here's a bigger knife. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, that's one of, I think for me, one of my favorite parts or aspects of, of it is the family structure. But the other thing I think I also like about it, um, because just personally, it's something that drives me crazy is like helicopter parenting drives me back crap crazy. And so I'm, I'm still not, I'm not the other shift where there's like the free range parenting where it's like, you don't even know where your kids are or what they're doing or if they've eaten that day. Like I'm not, I'm not down that rabbit hole, but um, I love that in Adam's family that the kids are just kind of their own little independent people and they go to their parents and they listen to their parents and they talk to their parents and their parents kind of give them feedback. And then like, then they go do their thing and yeah. they kind of, there's a lot of, built-in independence yeah, there's a lot of trust and respect in this family yes. it's a lovely multi-generational household with grandmama there who's also a witch of some kind like they never really go into like mortish is a witch but they never use that word she right. does you know she doesn't do much like any spells on screen but yeah she's a witch she's in the canon of famous on-screen witches we have to put her there oh for sure oh absolutely and yeah, just no. Angelica Houston is like Angelica Houston is sort of like the female Tim Curry for me because she was in yeah. so many of these movies in the same era where just 
her mere Dark. presence just defined it. Like she was in the witches. She's here. She's just fantastic. So fantastic in this role. Yeah, no, she was, she was phenomenal. The, um, the, the way they filmed her, like it, they used the same trick they use in Bella Lugosi in Dracula, where they have the one beam of light on her eyes always. Yeah. And she was in this metal corset, though. It was very uncomfortable for her. Like she couldn't sit down as Morticia or lay back. Oh, I believe this, that. Cause that yeah. dress was just like, yeah. not going to give up for anything. Yeah. Like I like the aesthetic of Morticia and the Ass family. I wouldn't want to live it. It's a bit too <laughs> demanding for me. A little but bit. Like, yes. Yeah. I like the general aesthetic, but just less metal corsetry. And she had to, you know, have um, spirit gum taped like by her eyes to pull her eyes into that kind of slanted look. And oh yeah. She oh, was very uncomfortable. Sense. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine. I, yeah. Just wearing that dress shows that she was very uncomfortable. Yeah. But because... she's a wonderful actress. She pulled it off. You couldn't tell it, see it on her face that she was uncomfortable at all. Well, and that's what's, and I also remember like, that's what's funny is like when you watch in scenes where she's walking, where her feet just kind of like very slowly yeah. shuffle, like she's not walking. She's, she's <laughs> shuffling as, as, as far as she can go with her legs. Mm-hmm. moving one in front of the other it's just kind of little mini steps yeah they have the, the dance scene in the second one is great they, oh, i'm yeah. sure they had to have like an alternative costume for the tango scene yes or dance doubles probably too yes no that yeah. was i'm trying to think of what my favorite i don't i think one of my favorite parts in the first movie is the fact that like with Tully, you know, that he gets attacked by the gate and then the like bear rug like comes alive and starts biting his foot. Like it's all just normal, right? Yeah. Like that's no, just something that happens. No one in the movie like asks like, okay, there is a hand here. Right. With nothing attached. And think it's like a job. No one really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's a, he's a courier. Yeah. That's what we do. I'm working okay. in the mailroom. And, and like, okay. <laughs> It's just they never dig into it. That's just great. They don't make it a big thing. The, the first movie is so interesting to be from like a structural point of view because it's really like a series of like vignettes. It's very episodic, almost like it came, like you can tell it's based on a whole bunch of different episodes of a TV show. We're like, okay, well, let's do a party part. Let's do a seance and we'll somehow find a way to get them all connected, but whatever. And there's much of a stronger story, I think, in the second one. And I think we all want a room where we just grab a book and then the secret staircase comes out. Oh, yes. You know, that involves, you know, this whole secret, you know, conveyor belt situation. And then it How lands in a room get... full of treasure. I mean, yeah, that's that's all I want. I mean, they, they get down to the the vault, like down a slide and across like a lagoon sort of out of Phantom of the Opera. And I've been like, how do they get back? Is there like an elevator? Like, how do you get out right, of Right, yeah, vault? they never show the getting back. They just show the getting there and the treasure. And then, yeah, they just kind of blink twice and then they're they're back in the house, I guess. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it was the early 90s. Things didn't have to make sense. We didn't exactly. have to make, have like a 10 episode, like, you know, who are these people? Like, it just is. It just is, man. Yeah. And that, I, I agree. That's one of my favorite things is always. And then like at the, in the first episode where Tully's wife like falls for it. 
Yeah. Because that's normal. <laughs> and she can right? understand what like he's saying. Guy, yeah. A guy covered in hair, like starts yeah. squeaking at me and I'm like, oh, hey, that's hot, you know? And she runs off of them. Like little things like I just, I love the, and I think for me, that's also kind of part of the dry humor where it's like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> But it's, it's hilarious. hilarious. It's 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 absurdist and weird because like they the Adams is like they talk about like oh we're so we love misery and darkness but they always seem to be pretty cheerful. Exactly. Like yeah, there's a part where Gomez says, "Are you unhappy, darling?" Like, and she's just like incredibly, you know. And it's just <laughs> like and while she's smiling and blissful, you know. Yeah. And oh, I think that also Gomez and Morticia did a lot to make an entire generation pretty kinky. Because oh, they're sure. basically like S and M. It's like they're oh, like she's sure. like, oh yeah, red hot pokers later tonight, and like you never had seen anything on screen like that, especially for us as like like young preteens in the nineties, and it was sort of a different kind of sexuality, and it was supposed to be like a joke, like oh yeah, they're weird because they like pain, but no, it's they're just happy, you know, enjoying their kink, they're living, they're living their truth. <laughs> And I think it's also, you know, I think it's cool because this sounds kind of funny, but they're married. Yeah. Right. Like fun sex isn't just for single people. Yeah. And it's not just for people in their twenties. Like they've been together forever and, you know, they have children and they're married and they're still doing it. They're they're still madly in love. Like it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's how it, how, you know, ideally it should be. You should be finding fun and interesting things to do with the person you're going to be doing this with for the rest of your life. Like that's how you keep it interesting. Apparently like they have, you know, more torture wheels than most people do, but you know, they just yeah. got that spark there. And that's why it's such a, there's so much in this movie that's meant to be like, the joke is like, Oh, it's so weird. But on the really, it's just like, no, that's just great. It's not weird. It's great. I want to live in this world with that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I I would 100% I would live in that world. I love like I said I'd live in that house. Oh, I yeah. would have that yard. I uh, you know, I won't And you don't have horses, to clean that I'll house. Wear the, no, exactly. It's I'll like wear the, the black long dresses already do. Yeah. You know, just I'm I'm down 100% for for that life. It's oh, yeah. there was something very um I think the best part about the Adams family is that they are completely unapologetic. Just like yeah. you said, when she's talking to the teacher, like she's not thinking anything of it. She's just like, this is who, you know, oh yeah, I'm so proud of her. This is, you know, this is who we are. So they're not, they're not making excuses. They're not trying to appease anybody or apologize. They're just unapologetically exactly who they are. And everyone mm-hmm. else in the world is just kind of looking at them like side with side eye, like what? But they're just going on, living their world. Yeah, I think also when this movie, like when the first one came out, it came out about two years before Hocus Pocus, and it was one of those first movies that, like, I remember thinking, like, this is my Halloween movie. This is a movie that gets me in the mood for Halloween. And back in the day, where we had to go rent it at a video store. <laughs> I remember, I remember and Hope it was in stock. Yep, Hope it yep. was in stock. Remember video stores, and um, that was so like it was had that aesthetic, even though it's not set at Halloween. I mean, there's a Halloween scene at the end, starts out at Christmas when they're you know they murder, I know, which is really funny. Carolers. It's like, oh, well, it starts with a nice murder. 
take those out. Yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. It was funny. Uh, I rewatched that one before we had our, uh, before we spoke. And I remember I saw that in there about carolers. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this my new Christmas movie. Exactly. It's going to be a Christmas movie now. Same as Batman Returns, also a Christmas movie. Um, And Nightmare Before Christmas. I I think this is before Nightmare Before Christmas, too. I think that, I don't remember what year that came out, but I think it was a little bit later in the 90s. And so, like, it kind of started establishing that foundation that like later like play things like hocus pocus and then adam's family values and other things kind of built on for like this sort of aesthetic of like not just witchiness but also like spooky season mm-hmm. and so you're like me you've already started decorating for Halloween, i have right? already started decorating for halloween it's funny i had told myself i'm like you know because i do i usually what i do we've we've moved into a new house so this is all new for me to get a decorate so i'm over the moon excited more than i typically would be Um, because typically what would happen is September through October is decorating with fall things. Yeah. Fall things, fall things that are autumn colored leaves, pumpkins, things like that. Yeah. Then October 1st, this is when the Halloween kicks out. So now we put the Halloween on top of the fall and now we have both. But at this point, I'm just like, you know what? It's still COVID. I'm done. Fuck it. Fuck it all. I am down for Halloween. So it took about a week of me starting to break out the fall things before Halloween just started tumbling on top of it. Cause I'm like, you know what? I love this. I want to look at it right now. I'm going to put it over here now. So I've already started breaking out. I, I, I broke all the norms for myself and I'm like, nope, we're just going full to halt. We're skipping fall. And we're just going straight to Halloween. That's what, that's what happened to me last year. I haven't gotten out my Halloween decorations I bought new ones, of course, because Fred Meyer always says like, like, oh, I need to get, oh, yes. I need to get milk and also like this really pretty shiny skull. But um, last year in Oregon, we had these horrible fires and everything was yeah. on fire. Like I'm like, and I hadn't been able to be outside. I'm like, screw it. I'm decorating for Halloween. And then, <laughs> then by, since I had to start Halloween so early, I think I started decorating for Christmas, like on like day three of the election. Cause like, I just need to, like, I need it to be Christmas now. I yes. November I need something <laughs> cheerful. A hundred percent. But I have I a friend need... who was telling me that her friend already put up her, her, her season, her friend's season is, is Christmas. That's, oh yeah. That's her season. So she's already done. She's already got her Christmas tree up. She's already starting to decorate for Christmas. And that's, and I was just like, you know what? Do it. Yeah. All best or whatever makes you smile and happy. Go for it. I start like scoping stuff out like in August and usually the good stuff comes up. It comes out after Labor Day when all like the back to school yep. stuff has gone away. And so, um, but this year I actually think there's not as much stuff out. I feel like it might be all these supply chain issues that the world is dealing with. hundred like, percent. Like, yes. like, it seems like there, usually, there was like more decorations last year, but you know, who knows? I also heard, um, I just recently was told that the Spirit Halloween's opened. Yay. by my house and I have not been in yet that is a dangerous dangerous well, place for me to go and there's so much like spirit Halloween and also like places like Fred Meyer and for those of you who don't live in the northwest Fred Meyer is like Walmart but good yes and like not like a desolate liminal space like it's nice yes <laughs> and so like I love going to Fred Meyer because like I can get like bread and a sweater and also like a hammer like everything is exactly there. <laughs> 
like I, in the spring, I always come home, like I would go to the, I'm going to the grocery store and I come home with new plants because there's a great nursery there. Yeah. It's funny. My husband's uh, grandmother, when she was alive, that was her favorite store. They they're from SF. And so whenever she would come to town, that was one of the first places that she wanted him to take her was Fred Meyers. She loved yeah. the whole concept because they don't do Walmart. And no. so she loved the whole concept of you can get groceries, you can get clothes, you can get kitchen stuff. You can get whatever the hell you want. It's all in one store. And she just thought that was just the greatest yeah. thing. A- and here there was no sales tax. Exactly. There was so no that sales was tax. Better. Yeah. That's a great part about Oregon. We have like nice version of Walmart and you can get your sweater along with your strawberries. Yeah. Like, I don't know if we're going to do it this year because it's just, everything is happening so fast and we're still just kind of trying to adjust, but uh, my kids, we are for sure next year, if we can't pull it, cause I just don't think I can pull it together this year. Cause I'm frankly, I'm just exhausted, but my kids really want us to do a family Adams family <gasps> costume. Oh my God. That's so, so my so son good. can be Pugsley. She can be Wednesday. My husband and I can be Gomez and Morticia. Like has your husband been informed about this or he's, he has been, he begrudgingly will do it to make the children and I smile. And I already, I've already warned him. We'll get a hand that can go on his shoulder. Oh, perfect. Yeah to be thing. And, um, do you have like a dog or that could be like cousin it, like you could get like, get like specifically get like a nice, like English no, setter spaniel don't. and it could be cousin no, I, it. I figure, I figure having thing will be, yeah. um, but I think it's just cause my daughter wants to wear a slinky Wednesday. black dress with, with me and, and long black, long black wig. I think that's kind of but yeah, she keeps asking about that. She's like, are we going to do Adam's family this year? Can we do the costume this year? And I told her, I'm like, I'm just, I'm so not sure that we're going to do that this year. Cause I think neck, I mean, this year we're still settling into the house. I'm going to decorate outside, do a bunch of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, hopefully we'll be post COVID enough that we could maybe have like a Halloween party and like yeah. do it up. And then I would totally love to do like the big costume. This year, um, last year I did Winifred from Hocus Pocus and that was great. But this year, my daughter, um, she's obsessed with Descendants. And so she's going to be Mal from the Descendants. My daughter was Mal, I want to say two years ago. And she loved it. She's got this like cool, like wig and a Mal costume. And she's like, well, mom, that means you have to be Maleficent. I'm like, oh no, you know, like twist my arm. Let's like fulfill my dream from like, since I was three, like, and so I'm going to be Maleficent. That is awesome. And that means that she's like, then mommy gets to be Hades. Yes. And so um, we're threatening to make my wife dress up as Hades from uh, Descendants. Cause he's like, he's she's got a great look in that movie. Yeah. You have blue hair. I mean, yeah. My wife is very dark black hair, so it's, so it's very hard to get it colored, but we'll get her a wig. Or Disney totally does wig. sell these like Hades wigs that like stick up and light up. Um, they're fabulous. And so we're, I'm very excited to be Maleficent this year. That is awesome. Um, that is so much fun. I love Descendants. I think they're all actually really great little movies. I was super excited that my kids got into those and I liked... Um, I, I liked a lot of the concepts behind it. I liked like the concept of that one that the villains had had children, right? Yeah. Because it paints like, a different, a whole different yeah. level to a quote unquote villain. And also the concept of, you know, just because the child's parent, you know, mm-hmm. is a pain in the ass or horrible, mm-hmm. doesn't make the child horrible. And yeah. the child shouldn't have to suffer from their parents, you know, a, you know, you can learn from your parents' mistakes 
and not yeah. necessarily perpetuate them. There's just a lot. That There's I really a lot love. of like progressive undertones and descendants and yes. like to give Disney channel original movies a credit. I think they really actually took that to the next level. Have you watched zombies or zombies yes. too? Oh, of, course, of course. Like zombies is this like peppy Disney channel original musical about like zombies, but it's about like race relations basically and school yeah. immigration. And then yeah. the second one is about reparations for native peoples returning like native resources to them. Like, yeah, but they're just, they're werewolves. Yeah. And they're great music. I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> oh yeah. I, oh my, yeah. We, we have, we'll, we'll have to hang out with our kids sometime because yeah, yeah. my kids were a thousand percent of Disney house. Yeah. And, and um, I actually, I hate, I hate to say this because I'm not saying it in any way derogatory. I adore it. But Disney has done so much to help people to feel okay to be different. Yeah. Open doorways to children about uh, different family structures. Not everyone has a mom and a dad. Some people have two moms, two dads, no mom, you know, live with grandma and grandpa raised by their aunt or raised by their older sister. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember one of the shows my daughter was watching where there was uh, one of the girls came out and then she had a girlfriend and it was just like, they have done so much to help normalize and allow acceptance for so many things that just, it, it, it just... It's incredible. I'm yeah. not surprised. And what's funny is you see those super, super conservative groups. They're not boycotting Disney. They're not like, they're not. And like, you see things like there was some like hoopla about like the owl house teaching children witchcraft. I'm like, well, for one, I don't think it's a terribly accurate. Kind yeah, of it's not. Like I said, I, we don't have staffs with owls that do magic. Would love it. But love it though. I just, you know, comparing like, you know, growing up when all I had was like the Adams family or Beetlejuice where it was just something that sort of nodded and alluded to the idea of living in a magical world. And now we have things like the owl house or descendants or zombies or whatever, and, or frozen too, that are very much like very magical and progressive. And like the owl house is like, you know, the lead girl is like bisexual and she has yeah. a girlfriend on the show. Yeah. And it's like being able to show my daughter who's got two moms, like, yeah, look, there's, there's other places where they've got two moms and yep. It's like, even though my daughter, you know, was grown up with two moms. Like I had to explain, she's like, but you're girls, you're married. I thought only boys and girls could get married. I'm like, cause she hadn't seen as many things where two girls were married. And I, you know, and finally I found like some great children's books. It's like, no, it's two princesses or a, a prince and a knight. And just trying to normalize that for her, even though she comes from most same sex parent household, it's, crazy yeah oh there's still work to be done definitely oh yeah <laughs> representation is critically important and i think that they've really kind of taken that mantle and and you know of course we'd all like them to go even further right yeah. but i mean you can't you can't deny them what what they have what they are doing what they have done and what they're kind of building towards the future to do and I think that, um, you know, there's all kinds of things that people can hate on about it. And I, and I get that too, but th there's a lot that as a society we have benefited from 
from the exposure that children are receiving, you know, in regards to these things. And I think another thing that's really has evolved, which is kind of cool, because like you mentioned, like zombies and like the descendants and things like that. All of this being different stuff when you and I were younger did involve kind of being dark, right? Being alternative, being goth being you know you were a monster basically because it was like basically like the language of horror was used to be a metaphor for being different in society right and now it's like those same characters where they're allowed to be different where they're you know maybe a little bit now they're kind of more edgy but not necessarily dark not necessarily goth they're just you know they're maybe a little bit more edgy but they're still kind of princess they can be princessy and they can be And I like that. It's like, it doesn't have to be, everyone should be okay to be who they are. You know, if you want to wear dresses, wear dresses. If you want to wear all black, wear all black. If you want to wear all pink, wear all pink. You know, it's just, it's about being who you are, whoever that is. Yeah. And like, that's a great message of like, the Adams family is like, you should be loved for who you are and you should have a family that loves you for who you are. And that's, you know, that, you know, that's preferable to being, a square like that's what's so what's held on about these movies for so long when people still love them and, and um, they're really not dated Adam's family no. movies like except for like that one MC Hammer song that plays at one I point. love like, that song I kind of, remember when that song came out I, I remember the video <laughs> Adam's family oh yeah but yeah it. so like that's what I think it's just like a message about these movies it's still resonating and why we still love them and it's just they're, they're just great and um I haven't actually watched this either of them with my daughter like I think if we could watch the first one like the second one's pretty pg-13 in a lot of ways because there's a lot of like sex subplots yeah yeah so there is. like I don't know if I want to have to explain what's going on with like Fester and Debbie in certain yeah. scenes there was um, I remember both my kids love them they love both yeah. the movies they'll watch them a hundred times but I do remember when we started watching the first one and, and Wednesday and Pugsley are like trying to kill each other. My daughter's kind of giving me side. I like, what's that, are, we, um, are we allowed to do that? Mom? Right. Like that's kind of not okay. Right. Like we really shouldn't try and kill your brother. Like what, what's going on here? Like, and, and I had, you know, I had to kind of, you know, they just explain to her, like, it's just part of the fun. It's, it's all. Yeah. And, you know, and I say, you know, they're not really trying to hurt each other when in reality, yes, they're trying to hurt each other. Yeah. But but you know, she just kind of that part in the beginning got her in the, but then once she got past that and she just kind of realized, oh, okay, it's just, you know, it's just a movie. It's just for show. But at the beginning, she was kind of like, I don't, that, that doesn't look like a good idea. Like, shouldn't the parents be stopping this? Again, parenting happening right now. It, it takes us back to one of like the great things about the movies. It's like, nothing's explained like how does pugsley survive being right yeah we don't know like are these people like supernatural beings of some kind because like the baby in the second one can breathe fire yes like is it like what's going no one there's no explanation you don't need it we don't need to go into that it's just and they drop the the, they drop the baby oh my my daughter was horrified (laughs) when they dropped the baby from the top that's just like no like it's it's a movie it's gonna be okay i promise it's gonna be okay so yeah, this this episode, this um, move, those movies were such a huge part of my childhood, and and you know, kind of, a, I guess, sort of final note, like, want to end up like honoring Raul Julia, like he was one of the first celebrities I remember just being devastated learning he had died. He died at fifty four of a stroke. It's one of his, like, 
he, you know, he loved getting recognized as Gomez and he would always like play it up for children that recognized him. And it was like one of those first like experiences as a little one, like, oh my God, he died. People like actors can die. It was, you know, so sad, <laughs> but he left the world with such a beautiful gift with these movies, that great oh, performance. Absolutely. Oh, and he was, oh, he's so perfect. fabulous. He was perfect. Yeah. He and Angelica Houston were just, I, I mean, I, you, I, I'm, I am curious to see, I, I think the, the new story and the new plot line, it's all different enough that it's, it's, you're not going to be trying to compare the two, but I, I just yeah. don't think you could ever recreate that with, with another no. two actors. If you were to try and kind of do that same genre again, you just couldn't because they just encapsulated it perfectly. Mm-hmm. The one person I would love to see on the new Wednesday show would be Sean Astin, who he was on Stranger Things. He's, you know, Goonies and Lord of the Rings, but his father was the original Gomez. And I think it'd be so much fun to see him pop up on there and maybe see somebody from these movies to kind of pop up in a, in a side role or something as a cameo. That would like, be honor really it. fun. But yeah, if they see, I mean, Chris, you know, Christina Ricci, it would, it'd be great. I would love to see her on there. She could be like a teacher at the academy yeah. or something like that. Something that like would that, actually yeah. be a good, cause that's, it's Wednesday off at boarding school. So yeah. that actually would be a great way to kind of segue in some of those old characters is to just have them play like a yeah. professor or something like that at the. Or have Joan Cusack show up just at a moment like I don't know that would be great I'm really be the excited school nurse this. or something like yeah. that that would so be hilarious but yeah I'm excited for it love these movies I'm excited to you know have watched them and be ready for spooky season what's your next spooky season movie that you're gonna get into the spirit with I haven't watched Hocus Pocus yet this year so that's probably I have not watched one. it this year um like I said practical magic will be happening in my house yeah. very soon because clearly my husband if he wants to continue to live here needs to experience this movie um one of the things that I was considering doing is have you been to Halloween Town? Yeah, I've been, I've watched those movies. My daughter loves those. Too. Have you been I, to St. Helens? No, I think you <gasps> might have to do this. Make a plan. Because yeah, they decorate because yeah, for those who don't know, Halloween Town was filmed in St. Helens, Oregon, much like I think the first Twilight movie. Parts of parts yeah, of the, parts of Twilight. Parts of Twilight were filmed in, in St. Helens and in Vernonia. Yep. Yeah. Which is a lovely, it's a really really beautiful little town but yeah it's so so they decorate it like halloween town i might just so, take my daughter there and not tell her where we're going it's a tiny little town yeah. and what they do is they essentially the middle of the town they just recreate it to look like how it did at halloween town where it has the big pumpkin <laughs> and it has they kind of change the names of some of the stores they oh, have perfect. the little cab with the skeleton guy and oh my gosh take pictures yeah. with my, yeah, um, my daughter would love that because we really love kids, those movies too. Yeah, my my kids love so that will probably be especially if we do end up going to Halloween Town. We like to watch the movies before we go. Mm-hmm. So if we end up going in the next few weeks, because I think it just opens, oh, and perfect. then it runs through it runs through uh, Halloween. I'm excited about that. And yeah, I, I like the movie. Have to rewatch the movies. The ones with the real Marnie, not like there's because there was the wrong Marnie in there for yes. like one of them. It's like no, this is wrong. Uh, yes. yeah. I think the second one had a different Marnie. I think it was the third one because the oh, second one. one okay. Um, she ended up that actress oh, is now right. married to either married to or dating the uh, bad guy, the Calabar's son from Second Halloween Town. So it's very cute there. She took a, something really good home from set, I guess. 
hilarious. Yeah, no, but, that's probably what will be next because we'll probably watch it before we actually go to St. Helens because that's just something um, that we like to do. And yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas, we've got that one. Yeah. We started watching that one. I think we watched in August. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter loves to watch Christmas movies in the middle of the summer. Hey, I understand. That makes sense yeah. to me. My yeah. kids were doing that. They were like, hey, we want to we want to watch the Santa Claus. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's July. And they're like, yeah, so, no, that's probably what's next on our, our Halloween watching repertoire. Excellent. So for listeners who for some reason aren't listening to your fabulous podcast with your other co-hosts, where can we find you and hear more from you and find you online? And I hear you guys I, have, a, have a, a con coming up. Too. We do have we have a conference coming up. Uh, it is October 16th and 17th. It's so moat that con. It is a virtual con. So anyone is, uh, is welcome to join. You're not, I have my tickets excited. Yeah. Do it from the comfort of your own home. And, uh, we have a ton of workshops. We've got, uh, Amy Chisari is the author of the, uh, book of shadows coloring book, and she's going to be our keynote speaker. We've got so many amazing people coming. And so we have that coming up. Um, I am at uh, I am at Soccer Mom Morticia on Instagram and Twitter. And I am also one of the co-hosts on That Witch Life podcast. We are pretty much on all of the podcast platforms. We are crazy and insane. And luckily you get to learn a little bit about witchcraft, usually not from us. It's usually from... <laughs> One of our fabulous guests. I mean, while we you know, ramble. Hillary and Courtney talk about herbs and moons, and they do. And I talk about nonsense. That's talk kind about of my Dairy Queen. I talk about going and buying blizzards and ice cream and all my other shenanigans while while they try and hold together a, a witchcraft podcast. So yeah, that's usually where you can find me: Instagram, Twitter. Um, like I said, you can hear us on our podcast. The Samoth that Con is going to be phenomenal. So I. Seriously, I, it's funny because I literally have a journal that I'm just going to sit and take notes and listen to all the workshops oh, because reason I'm to so buy another excited. journal. Excellent. Yes. I'm so excited to, you know, learn all the things and I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge fan of tons of our workshop yeah. presenters, but particularly a, a, Morgan Daimler. I'm so, I'm just super excited, but yeah, definitely reach out. You can find us, you know, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those fun things. And yeah. Awesome. Well, thank I you need. so much for joining me. Talking well, thank you family. so much. So yes, fun. thanks for having me on. And I, yeah, we'll have to, we'll make some plans. We'll have oh, some yes. fun plans. Awesome. Right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Please take a moment if you can to give us a rating or a review and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and tell all your friends. It really helps us to build an audience. You can also tweet about us and follow us on Twitter and that's at Real Magic Pod or follow me at Fangirling Jess. We'll be back in two weeks when it will officially be October and we'll have another magical treat for you. Until then, stay safe out there and remember... It's never too late to seek out the forces of darkness and join them in their hellish crusade. Bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye, cruel world. Bye-bye.
Goodbye to life. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye to life.